Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week I interview Bob Schaefer, Public Education Director for FairTest, a national organization that is focused on doing away with high-stakes testing in schools. Bob is based here in Florida, and he pays very close attention to the testing situation here. And this week, we're talking in particular about a new study that came out looking at the alignment between SAT, ACT, and the Florida Standards Assessment, and whether the state needs to have as many tests as it currently has. Let's take a listen. Well, good morning, Bob, and thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me at the Gradebook. Thank you, Jeff. Um, really interested in talking with you. You've been one of our go-to experts for a long time on all of the testing issues nationally and statewide. And and I wanted to get your take on this report that just came out that talked about the alignment or the lack of alignment between SAT, ACT, and the Florida Standards Assessments. Well, it, it's a surprising move by Florida to actually investigate the independent research about a test before blindly adopting it. Um, unlike virtually every other test and punish proposal that has come before policymakers. In this case, they chose to have outside experts look at the claim by test makers and their advocates that the ACT and SAT accurately and reliably measured the same things that the Florida, uh, the Florida assessments measure. And the conclusion was not really. Um, that the test makers' advertisements were not true. And as a result, the expert panel recommended um, that the state not move forward with allowing ACT and SAT to be used as substitutes for the high school test in Florida. Was this a surprise at all that these tests are not aligned, or was this something that was pretty well known, just not to the lawmakers in Florida? Well, FairTest certainly has known that they measured different things. Um, the ACT consciously aligns itself with kind of an average national curriculum, uh, which is not the same as Florida's. And the SAT long claimed that it was not a curriculum-aligned test at all, but one that was designed to predict uh, first-year college success. Um, so the states that have adopted ACT, SAT as alternatives did so on blind faith uh, not even on the evidence of the test maker's own data. Now, using those tests, though, was the idea of trying to limit the number of tests that students take. They already take the ACT, for instance, so why also bother taking a state test? If that's not going to work, then is there a way to limit the tests uh, a different way, perhaps? Right, um, and that is the appeal of substituting ACT, SAT for your state's high school test is that it eliminates one of the many unnecessary aspects of testing overkill. But as we've said, you know, why trade a headache for an upset stomach? The better approach is to go back to basics and determine why you even need a statewide high school test um, and why you connect any stakes to it. 
Um, and that's where we hope Florida moves in the wake of this outside expert report saying ACT and SAT don't cut it as substitutes. So you're suggesting perhaps doing away with a 10th grade language arts test or an Algebra 1 end-of-course exam altogether? Right. Only one of them is required under federal law. Under federal law, you do have to test um, every student once in high school um, in reading and math, um, but they don't need to be anywhere near um, as consequential as a test Florida has. And in the long haul, there needs to be an effort to overhaul federal law so that we don't are not required to test every kid every year in grades three through eight and once in high school. But then how would you answer the questions of people who say, we need to be accountable, we need to know that the kids are actually learning what they're being taught and what's in the standards so that they're ready? Well, what the tests end up doing, and there's an excellent um, new book out um, called The Testing Charade, which analyzes the impact that all this fixation on testing has had in this country, which is to induce a kind of gamesmanship in which teachers end up focusing only on the narrow skills um, which are measured by a particular test, not the broader curriculum that they need to be successful, that students need to be successful in college, careers, or life. Um, So the testing approach, and strongly advocated here in Florida by Jeb Bush, his foundation, and his successors, is an endeavor that has failed to achieve its goals. So we need to rethink the entire approach, um, and that's what people like Diane Ravitch have been saying, um, as well as others. I noticed that a lot of superintendents have been passing around Diane Ravitch's latest article, which basically questions that whole issue of high-stakes testing. And it seems like it's an, ar- an argument that we've heard in Florida for a long time, that tests might be able to be used for different purposes without all of the strings attached to you be punished for this or you won't get to move ahead for that. Well, that's right. In our organization, it's fair tests, not no tests. Um, there is a role for testing to give feedback to students, teachers, parents, and other stakeholders about the progress of learning, but to attach the kinds of consequences that Florida politicians and ideologues have done to test scores. Everything from you know, kindergarten reading re- readiness to third grade promotion to fourth grade, end of course grades in course subjects, high school graduation, voucher eligibility, class price placement, teacher bonuses, school grades. Florida is in the vanguard of insanity for test score overuse and misuse. And to improve education here, we're going to need to ratchet that back. I've seen that some Republican lawmakers even have promoted some legislation this year that would create what they're calling alternative pathways to graduation. They would still, it looks like, require students to take the test, but for students who don't pass the test, it wouldn't be an automatic ding against them that would prevent them from graduating and moving on. Do you think that that might be a middle ground that might at least gain some foothold toward what you're talking about? It certainly has in other states. I mean, testing is not a partisan issue. You've seen on the national level, uh, both President Bush and President Clinton Obama supporting high-stakes testing. Yet many of members of their own parties, Republicans and Democrats, have opposed that kind of approach. And we've seen in the last couple of years, 
states back off on high school graduation tests from liberal deep blue states like California to a deep red state like our neighboring Georgia, where Governor Deal, a conservative Republican, led the way to end the graduation testing requirement and award retroactively high school diplomas to young people um, who had only failed the test but otherwise qualified for high school graduation. So, yes, it's plausible. Um, there's a lot of inertia in, in Florida, and the strong lobbying impact still um, of the Bush Foundation uh, to maintain the status quo, even though it has been a failure. I know that one of the questions that came up regarding the Algebra 2 test this past year, when they deleted the test, but they didn't delete the results, some people were still complaining that that was that their students were being treated unfairly because some kids took the test, some didn't. Some districts weighed it differently than others. And, and that's just one example, I guess, where they could follow the Georgia example and retroactively delete the scores. And it's not just Georgia, Nevada, uh, California also awarded retroactive diplomas to tens of thousands of students. I mean, the, the fiasco in Florida about you know, whether the algebra and, of course, tests counts or doesn't count or whether it's required or doesn't require, it's further evidence that testing policy here is not being made on rational educational grounds, but rather on these sort of political and ideological whims. People have not thought it through. They have not looked at the evidence of the impact of their behavior. And it's, it's passed for political means not to improve the quality of teaching and learning which is the primary purpose of assessment of any form, at least in theory. I guess I got used to hearing people talk about Florida as being a leader in this one, but it looks like you are asking them to follow other states at this point to, to deal with accountability in a different way. Well, Florida definitely has been a leader in testing insanity and overkill, um, starting around the turn of the century. Well, actually, Florida was the first state to go to a of a high-state graduation test um, back in the 1990s, but particularly in, with uh, Jeb Bush and his followers, there has been a push for ever more testing and ever more consequences attached to it. The most ludicrous recent example is the so-called best and brightest awards to teachers, bonuses based on the scores that they achieved on the SAT and ACT back when they were in high school, sometimes 20 or 30 years ago. Somehow the state believes that that tells you who is and is not a, a strong teacher. It's, a, it's, a, it's faith-based politics and the notion that test scores really measure everything that matters. And increasingly across the country, other jurisdictions have decided um, that it doesn't make sense. Here in Florida... Superintendents, as you've said, Jeff, have been in the lead of trying to roll this back. And that's because the closer you get to the classroom um, and away from you know, the corridors of lobbyists in, in Tallahassee, the more experts know that the current process is not working. We're creating a generation of skilled test takers, not learned students who are ready for college careers or life. Well, I don't know that I can do any better than leave it right there. That that's a that's a good way of looking at it for people as we start to move into this new legislative session and see where we go. I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about this. I always enjoy our conversations. Well, thank you, Jeff, and I always enjoy reading great book first thing in the morning. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. 
That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this or any other of our conversations, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. You can also follow the latest in Florida education breaking news on our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. 